The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Now, the Rose of Tralee is into the second half tonight. Another 15 more roses will grace the stage before a winner is finally crowned for 2022. It is a strange event, half beauty pageant, half kind of entertainment in the purest sense. It's 60 years since the beginning of the festival, but how does it actually start out and how has it changed down through the years? Joining me now in studio to chart the history of the Rose of Tralee Festival is News Talk's own Simon Tierney, who tells me he's a regular and fascinated watcher. (laughs) (laughs) Like? <laughs> <laughs> but you know lies, about the history and that's what you're here lies. to do now yeah we we just need to know about the history that's the after that you can go because it's you know it's, it kind of seems uncool or something but um it's great television uh as as was shown last night because it seemed like most of twitter was watching the rose of trilly last night um where did it start this is really quite an old festival um it started in 1959 but i suppose it came out of another festival um it, the idea initially came from the Carnival Queen, which was an old uh, Kerry festival. And then in the late 1950s, a group of local businessmen and journalists, in fact, Dan, Dan Nolan being the most notable, he was the editor of the Kerryman newspaper in the 1950s. They came together to try and come up with a concept that would serve two functions, really. Uh, firstly, was to lure some commerce to the town in an no, age of... surely not. <laughs> in an age of uh, emigration. In the 1950s Ireland, you can imagine a huge amount of emigration from the southwest of the country. And um, secondly, to uh, attract the diaspora back as well. Uh, the idea being initially that it was only... Uh, women who had been born in the town of Tralee within a few years, women who had only been born in the county of Kerry who could participate. So it was an opportunity for them to come back to the town. So they hit on this idea of the Rose of Tralee Come, the name coming, of course, from the William Molchenock song from the 19th century, which is kind of about star-crossed lovers, a Romeo and Juliet type romance between um, a, a merchant uh, and uh, a woman from the working classes and um, their love affair. That statue, of course, is in Tralee to this day. Now, it's sometimes dismissed as a, a very socially conservative event, but it's had a few racy moments. It's had a lot of controversy. Can you just walk us through some of the kind of major milestones in that sense? Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, the fact that uh, only women from Tralee were allowed to take part, that was the first thing. But then, you know, probably the most interesting thing for me happened in 1996. Um, Journalists started to really put the pressure on the CEO of the Rose of Tralee um, at that time to try and understand why the parameters and the restrictions for who could participate were so strict. And um, at that time, unmarried women, um, as they were described, unmarried uh, mothers, rather, um, they're all unmarried, um, couldn't participate. And I think it wasn't until 2008 um, that unmarried mothers were allowed to take part for the first time. Now, the reason why I said 1996 is because there were two really interesting media reports from that year. Morning Ireland on Radio 1 um, famously asked the festival CEO if the committee was planning virginity tests. Jonathan Philbin Bowman in The Independent asked a similar question with a headline, Roses Wanted, Fresh But Definitely Unplucked. So there's always been this
this kind of question about well, what type of women are uh, uh, does a does a rose constitute? And that's evolved over time. And you can see with the interviews that Dahi has been doing over the last few days that that's something that the Rose of Tralee really. Uh, are trying to emphasise that it's a project that's still in the in the making. That um, it's that that the Rose of Tralee Festival has tried to adapt to the changing identity of Ireland. Yeah, because I mean, I always thought that the Irish feminists would have despised the Rose of Tralee. I would have thought it was just uh, the ultimate event for everything they wouldn't stand for. But if it evolves in a certain way, maybe that's not the case. What's also interesting about it is obviously the presenters. People have we've tried all sorts of different people over the years, but. This was something that in the 1960s really seemed to hit a high point. I was amazed in your notes that you've given me that the Rosa Trilly winner of 1967 flew to Washington, D.C. to have tea with President Lyndon Baines Johnson in the White House. So this mm. was an export and you know, willing audiences, particularly in the U.S. That would go back to your diaspora idea. Mm. I mean, it's nowhere near that level of profile externally, but it has been there before. So it really has cut through probably more outside Ireland and inside. Yeah, we think that the Rose of Trilly is something that gets bigger and bigger each year. But even in the early days, in the 1960s, it was huge. And as you said there, 1967, the Rose winner of that year, Anne Foley, flew to Washington, D.C. to have tea with President Johnson in the White House. It was a glamorous time. You know, this is a time when Irish people were not travelling abroad uh, much at all, of course. And the Rose was travelling to Italy, France, the United States. It was really tied into the, the glamour of the 1960s, really. And do we have any idea that, some, that a lot of people are intrigued by these escorts, these sort of beefcakey guys sometimes, sorry guys if you're listening, in the tuxedos, where where that piece comes from? I don't know when the escorts uh, began, certainly not at the very beginning, because there was only five roses uh, initially in 1959. Um, where the escort tradition came from, I'm not sure, but it's something that's been really popular in the last few years, and men of a certain age love to get the opportunity to be a <laughs> delicately put. escort. And we've had a lot of famous winners, famous participants. Um, the BBC sports presenter, which I just didn't know, and maybe you might say, why should I know? But um, Gabby Logan was a, a rose in, in previous years from, I think it was Leeds, I think, but um, correct me if it's Manchester, but certainly from the, both the north of London anyway. And we've also had some famous presenters. I Like when I was a kid, it was always Gay Byrne and then it was uh, Derek Davis for mm. many years. Um, and uh, but there's been so many and I was surprised by some of the names that came up um, when it started there was uh, a very famous actor who became famous probably later on was Joe Lynch who of mm-hmm. course played Dinny in Glen Row he was the presenter in 1968 I tweeted a wonderful photograph of him earlier Terry Wogan uh, presented in 1970. Um, Whatever happened to him after that, Judith? <laughs> went, went nowhere. Um, There's only one woman who's presented. And I'd be interested to know if any of the listeners remember her presenting. It was Kathleen Watkins. Okay, Gay Burns' wife. Yes, indeed, yeah. So, I mean, looking at it overall, and I don't want to get you into hot water here, Simon, do you watch it as a television event? Do you watch it as an Irish cultural event? Or do you watch it at all? Uh, you have to be honest. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I do watch it occasionally. I'm uh, oh, I'm interested in it as a slice of Irish life and something 
I think we'd be have to be very careful to get rid of something like this because it's existed for so long in it's very much a part of the second half of Irish 20th century history cultural history and it's a really important barometer of where we are um, you know when you go through the Irish newspaper archives every year there's so much material about the Rose of Tralee and you can chart the evolution of uh, what we were doing, what we what was considered acceptable, uh, what was in fashion, what was trendy for us as a nation through the Rose of Tralee. So that it's a really important through line for us as a people in the second half of the 20th century. Where does it go from here? I'm not sure. And you will win the prize for the greatest intellectualisation of the Rose of Tralee I've ever heard <laughs> on this station before. Thank you very much. Very interesting. Simon Tierney on the history of the Rose of Tralee, which the second part of which takes place later tonight. And we will get a winner. Coming up next, Will Robert Troy survive as a Minister of State? The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.